0: Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe.
1: In the mood for something nostalgic? Try our deliciously spiked take on this classic staple. Our new spiked cherry cola blends the flavors of premium maker's mark bourbon, made with red winter wheat instead of the usual rye. Have you ordered one yet? Welcome back to the Weekly Pass. I'm Bonnie Jill Laughlin, joined by my co-host, Holly Huggins. And we are joined by Amani Kimmer, who's actually driving, as you can see, so hopefully he doesn't crash. He drives safe. 2008 Super Bowl champion in the ring of honor for the New York Giants. And we are just happy to have you. Thanks so much, Amani, for joining us.
0: Oh, thanks for having me on. I really appreciate it.
1: Now, Imani, I got to tell you something. I went to Concord High. I'm
0: from I Concord. I remember. High. Are yes, I know. Okay. I know. I remember. I re- definitely remember. We I, we met at a show. I can't remember when it was, but I remember meeting at a show and we were talking all about the East Bay and all our experiences. Uh, so yeah, I definitely remember.
1: Yeah, because I was going to go to Carondelet, but they didn't have very good athletics. So I went to Concord instead. I'll let De La Salle. You guys can do all the damage over there. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, um, it, was, among- it was a good school.
1: It was. Uh, I don't know if you saw because we're both from California that California is trying to ban um, Pop Warner football so they have like a limit of 12 and under cannot play Pop Warner. I mean, what are your thoughts on that? Is that something that you think? I mean, with so many problems with CTE and different injuries, do you think that's something that should happen across the states or do you think that California is crazy for for doing something like this?
0: Well, well, look, I think it's good that they're trying to do something um, but there's so many other ways to, to get involved in football. So young, I didn't let my son play until he was 13. Um, mm-hmm. I do think football is a sport that should become should be uh, gotten into later on in life, um, just because uh, it, it's it, it it's not like any other sport. Um, you really have to want to play, and but I I don't think that. Sports at that young of an age, especially like football, is is an issue. I really didn't get hit hard until I was well into my college, early in pro, early pro career. So I just think people are kids are so young and yeah. their bodies aren't aren't developed, and but you know so they 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 can't take with withstand the big con the big contact from football, but they're not big enough to really create that much force. So. I, I remember football where the biggest thing on the field with the guy with these little kids and these big old helmets. Um, and it, I mean, it's fun. I don't think it's as I don't think it's one of these sports where you have to do all that because there are more concussions in soccer than there are in, in football. You, you take a right. ball, a weak ball getting hit and you hitting it off your head is way more a cause for concern for concussions than for uh, some kids that are scared to hit each other that aren't really hitting each other. Uh, to me so I I think it's a little overkill I think it's a little uh, caught up in the moment football's been around for a long period of time um, and I don't think it's it's safer now than it's ever been and it's ever going to be I remember back in my day when they said oh man I just said one of my dad my dad lines (laughs) oh man back in my day dang it sorry sorry for that but but, you know, when, when you had a concussion, they said, oh, you just got your bell wrong," And they had smelling salts on the yeah. sideline to wake you up yeah. and get your butt back in the game. Those you days are over. On. Those days are over. Football's never going to be like that again. And I think you're going to see a dramatic reduction in concussions, not because the sport's any safer, but we know. And we can't unlearn what we know about head trauma. And, and that's that. so I feel like that's going to be – I mean, I think you're going to start to see that in the near future.
1: Yeah, and speaking of that, before you jumped on, Imani, we were speaking about how you were so durable as a player. I mean, you played so many seasons, you know, throughout and never had a big injury. And I know I remember watching him. You crossed the middle. You would be, you know, you weren't scared. And, you know, the game was really football then. Uh, What do you think that was? I mean, do you think you did something different in regards to keeping up your body or do you think it's genetics or how do you think you were so lucky?
0: Uh, I think it's a combination of I, I was an avid uh, workout person. I took yoga, I took uh, kung fu, I would do stretch it, I would take care of myself. Every time I, stre- I broke a sweat on a football field, I' jump in the cold tub for 20 minutes. I really when I first got in the league, I looked to the guys that played for a long time and I mimicked everything they did. And most of those guys, what they did more than anybody more than other players, is they got in the cold tub got their massages you know they weren't like if they were hurt they you know there's a lot of people are are scared to be hurt um but i realized early that if you're playing injured you're putting bad tape on film if you put bad tape on film there's no audio to uh you know to explain away oh my ankle was hurt that's why i couldn't catch that pass so that's why i wasn't running as fast and that's one of those things that I wish more people would understand is if you're not putting your best self out there, um, it's just as detrimental as not being out there at all. And so I, I just really took pride in being in really top shape. And I took pride in not being it, not, um, not, uh, you know, and, and, and not uh, playing when I w- was hurt. Right. So and
1: before I te- Monty, this Holly.
2: So yeah. yeah. So I, I'm a, licensed board certified athletic trainer and i do not practice anymore and i don't practice anymore for a couple of reasons but one of it being the concussion situation and everything is so different now from what it was you know back in i don't know 15 20 years ago when i was running up and down the sidelines chasing after injured athletes um the responsibility the liability and things like that are all completely different and i do remember Having smelling salts on the sidelines for injured players, so you called that one right. You know, yeah. yeah. I mean, and you're right. Athletic trainers, you know, they can only do so much for an injury, but the the athlete has to do their their part and their half and take care of their body on their own. You know, and and then the athletic trainers can take care of them after that. But you know, going back to Bonnie Jill's question, she was like, "So is is this genetic, or you know, is this you too?" But there has to be some genetics too, because when I'm doing my research on you, I mean, you're. Your dad was there at Ohio State, you know, I mean, mm-hmm. he, he didn't he didn't get there without, you know, and so, <laughs> I, I mean, I have a feeling that, it, that some of it came from that, too. But on that note, I have to be nosy and get in, in your personal life for a minute. When, when you found out that, you know, you were going to play at Michigan and knowing that your dad was at Ohio State, was it like, or was it, okay, we're, we're Big Ten, it's okay, it's okay. I mean, how was that?
0: It was it was a really it had nothing to do with Michigan. It had nothing to do with Ohio State. When I was coming out, I wanted to go to the best school academically that I could go to. I tried to get into Stanford, but for some reason I was a good student. I wasn't I mean, I just never really applied myself uh, in in school, but I was a good student, um, fully capable of doing any type of work. But I didn't apply myself as much because I figured I'm just going to get in on a scholarship anyway. Uh, that I did not get into Stanford, which is one of the regrets that I had, it was I wanted to go to the best school with the best football program. And that was it. Like, there wasn't any more to it. I wasn't super big into college football growing up in, in the Bay Area. College football, is it's big, but it's not like the Niners right. or exactly. the Raiders. Right. No, I didn't grow up in this place where I was like my end-all, be-all was to play college football. So that being said, I was like, okay, you know – Uh, My brother was really into it. I wasn't. I was always watching the pros on Sunday. Um, But it was just one of those things where, you know, I I went to the best school with the best football program. And by far, there was no other place even close. You look at the graduation rates, the African-American graduation rates at that. Any other college was terrible. I wanted to go to SC my entire life. I went down to SC. Their graduation rates was in the teens. Especially mm-hmm. for the black, for black players mm-hmm. and all the PAC 12 schools at the time, PAC 10 at those days, yeah, they yeah. would give you a scholarship and say, okay, we know you're not going to graduate on time, but we're going to give you a scholarship until you come back and graduate. And I was just like, I don't know if I'm that disciplined enough that when I go to the NFL uh, or if I had the chance to go to the NFL, I would never go back to college because you know, it was mm-hmm. college was hard. Like it was a hard time in my life. And uh, I, I don't remember, ever having that really real nostalgia for college because it was just you're growing up. I was away from home. You know, you had to, I had to stand on my own for the first time. Nobody was telling me how, how great I was. I was competing every day against people trying to take my spot. And it was a grind. And back in those days, I didn't even know there was a 40 hour rule at Michigan. Like I didn't know, like I went to like the East West shrine game and they're like, did you fill out those paperwork that said you were 40 hour rule? I was like, what paperwork? (laughs) <laughs> hour. we have none of that we were just you play and that's it Wait, And that's hey, what was like. hey. so it was a tough time i'm glad i got through it. It, it it was a good situation for me it forced me to grow up and i think a lot of the tools that i developed for coping with failure at the university of michigan directly correlated with the with with my achievement in the pros because once uh, adversity hit i didn't go into a shell and be like oh what was me I was like, well, let's just – this is another hurdle I have to go under. I had to to use my – the skills I learned at Michigan to to help me persevere because it wasn't always rosy when I went to the pros. You know, I sat the bench pretty much for three years until I got my opportunity to start. And the only reason why I did it was because I was constantly fighting to try to get back on the field when they told me I wasn't good enough many times for the first three years of my career.
2: Wow.
1: Well, speaking of your Wolverines, congratulations on winning the Natty. I don't know how close you are to Harbaugh, but, you know, you're seeing so many stories. Is he going to stay? Is he going to leave? And then you see Steven Ross, the Miami Dolphins owner, saying, I will do everything it takes to keep him there because I guess he's one of the big boosters. I mean, what? Do you, yeah. So, what, Amani, what do you think? I mean, do you think he stays in college? Do you think he tries, you know, to go back? You know, he had so much success with the 49ers. What do you think he should do?
0: I think his message resonates more long-term in college because the players are turning over every four years. I think his message was getting stale at the at the San Francisco 49ers. I heard a lot of players who played with him that played on the Giants weren't uh, thrilled with the way he was. Uh, with the new uh, restricted rules in terms of with the new CBA not being able to practice, I think that would bother him. Um I, I I love the job that he's done for Michigan. I, I'm I'm going to be that say that first and foremost. But I also am going to say, Michigan is bigger than me. It's bigger than Harbaugh. It's bigger than Tom Brady. It's bigger than Jared Irons. It's bigger mm-hmm. than Desmond Howard. It's bigger than uh, anybody you uh, Charles Woodson. Michigan mm-hmm. has been great before all of us even got there. So. I wish I would. If he were to stay, I'd clap my hands and say, Great, I love the way the program's going. If he were to go, I'd shake his hand and say, Hey, great job. Thanks for what you are, what you've done for us. But at the end of the day, it's Michigan, and we're going to be just all right no matter who we have.
1: Uh, I'm going to talk about the obvious. You know, we hear the news about Belichick. we know about obviously Pete Carroll, Nick Saban, and it's funny, I looked at this. In between the three, they have a combined seven Super Bowl wins, nine natties, and more than 900 total victories across the NFL and college. It's crazy to see all these different coaches. I want to start with Nick Savings. I want to talk about college. Now, he's talked a, a lot about the, the portal and how he, the, you know, that he is not happy with the transfer portal, the NIL. Um, do you really think that is why he decided to retire? Or do you think um, there's something more that we don't know?
0: I think his style is he wears on players and wears on them enough for them to get agitated enough to play for him. He, he doesn't mm-hmm. like the fact that players are coming in with... That's why that's why he I don't, wasn't successful in the pros. You yeah. can't talk down to players anymore because they have options. And that's an entirely different coaching style that he's going to have to adopt if he were going to stay in the league. And I thought he was compromising his... Um, Kind of uh, belief in how things were supposed to be run, so much so that he was like, Look, I I tried my best to adapt, but some, you know, it's hard to teach old dogs new tricks. And I feel like that's Mm -hmm. kind of why he's bowing out. Respectably, and I respect everything he's done, I've talked to players who played for him, both at uh, LSU, Michigan State, and uh, in Alabama. He is not the friendliest guy. He's prickly with the media, he's prickly with his. Player, yeah,
2: yeah,
0: and if you're a young player now, and you're coming in with NIL options all over the country, not just that Alabama. Why would you go and play for Alabama when you can play for a coach that's going to allow you to be yourself, um, have some extra freedoms, and you're not going to be dog cussed? Uh, it's just a, it's just a, it's a much the ch- the mm-hmm. landscape is switching to where some of these domineering coaches just aren't going to be as effective because players don't need these universities. Like they did in the past.
1: Yeah, I'll tee it up to you, Holly, because I know you have some thoughts on this.
0: Yeah, well, I'm just
2: first of all, I'm shocked with all the, you know, I call it silly season with everybody moving around right now. And then every time we wake up, you know, the next morning, someone there's another head NFL coach that's gone. Um, now, I want to, I want to go back real quick to to talk about Harbaugh. If if you if he did leave Michigan. Where, where do you think he would end up? I mean, I, I'm, I'm thinking, you know, we're looking at prob- probably three, I would say, Chargers for sure. Chargers, yeah. Um, you know, you, it, what do you, where do you think he would end up? Is that probably what your thoughts would go toward?
0: I think it's going to be in the NFL, and I think it's definitely going to be the Chargers, because Ooh. I think in, of all those situations, the Chargers seem like the most talented team that is the most desperate for victories and most desperate to, and they're in a situation where they're the little brothers. They're the jets of New York. And so of of LA. So they're going to need to make a splash. They're going to need to grab uh, fans, their fan base. They're going to, you know, fan base in LA. What better way to do it than to bring somebody who's had success in San Diego, had success in San Francisco, had success in California, had success in the pros, had success in college, And more often than not, wherever he goes, he's going to have success eventually. And he has a great quarterback. I think the most desirable job right now is the L.A. Chargers. Hands Mm -hmm. down, you have a lot of what you need in place to win right now and turn around the situation very quickly. Uh, You have a young quarterback that's impressionable. You can mold. You can really take him to the next level. And that's why I think either Belichick or – if I'm just from the outside looking in, if I'm just honestly yeah. evaluating these situations, either Belichick or Harbaugh are going to be in San Diego next year.
2: Yeah. Well, and knowing yeah. that he's he's hired that lawyer, ye, um, you know that. I yeah. mean, I just yeah. I can't help but think that he may be leaving Michigan. Is kind of reason I took that question where I did. Yeah. Um, w- one other question for you, I would love to get your opinion. If you could use a couple of words just to sum up um, the Giants' season this year. I I
0: would like to hear your thoughts on that. Oh, it was a a huge disappointment, Yep. but you started to see light at the end of the tunnel towards the end of the season. And you're starting to see why Brian Dabo is the guy for the job for you to, for him to be able to get Danny, Tommy DeVito to be a starting level quarterback in the (laughs) NFL. It just shows you that the hardest position in sports in the nfl and the fact that he can do that at such a high clip that's his worth right there i think Mm -hmm. this season was more impressive how he got three different quarterbacks to play winning football is more impressive than his going to the playoffs last year and losing in the first round
1: wow i'm I'm surprised you said that i thought you were going to say the opposite because new york giants fans of course you know they're they're not too happy with the season I mean, do you see that Daniel Jones is worth it? It, it or do you see that is he getting paid too much money on? I mean, you see these big contracts and he, you know tears his ACL uh, and a lot of people are putting all their faith in Daniel Jones. Is he going to be who's going to take y'all to the promised land or is it a or is it going to be crazy and Tommy's going to be the one? Give us your thoughts on Daniel Jones moving forward.
0: Well, I think I think to to garner the money that he's gotten, to garner the contract that he's gotten, I think like, because I think you have to get out of the top 10. No matter what, hell or high water, you can't be drafting in the top 10 if you are that guy. And I, I, it's exactly the same reason why Kerry Collins got replaced by Eli Manning. Kerry Collins was yeah. a fine quarterback. He was one of the best quarterbacks. He was the best quarterback I've ever played with. Um, and the reason why he got out, we won four games that year. We had the fourth pick in the draft they had an opportunity to go up and get eli manning they did and the way you win in modern in the modern nfl is you win with the rookie quarterback on a rookie contract that binds him in to where you can sub you can supplement the rest of the roster because the money that you would be giving a top flight quarterback you can spread that all over the team and get talent in all positions and that's Mm -hmm. one of the reasons why i think it's going to be a tough decision for the Giants. I would not want to be in their their shoes. Uh, but Daniel Jones has been injured with the knee. He had the two neck uh, situations where what? he lost uh, time. You know, Is you have a neck name? and two knees. You know, I, I mean, look, I love Daniel Jones. So don't get it wrong. Don't get it twisted. I'm just talking about the business of the NFL. And the business of the NFL dictates – Take yeah. away the name off the back of the jersey. Take away everything. You're giving me a couple of data points of plug in my computer. It's time to move on.
1: Yeah, you're talking to two Dallas Cowboy cheerleaders, former Dallas Cowboy cheerleaders, and Moni and sorry, NFC East. We had to talk about it. You know, we're not Giants fans, but we knew that you are. So we had to talk a little bit about it.
0: Okay, <laughs> um, all right, that's that's fine. You, you, everybody <laughs> makes mistakes. <laughs>
1: Yeah, y'all, you don't even have cheerleaders. You guys don't have cheerleaders, so yeah, I know. But you, you could be, you could be a cheerleader fan.
0: <laughs> I am a cheerleader fan. I remember the, the course of course, the Dallas Cowboy cheer, cheerleaders were phenomenal. The San Diego cheerleaders were phenomenal. The Raiders. Yes. I used to enjoy the games. You know, the break, the little breaks, and you go and look at the cheerleaders, and I would respect all the effort that they put forth. Oh, and the Eagles had cheerleaders. Oh man. We were playing and we'd be tired and we'd look over in the fourth quarter and you guys are still doing your routines. I was like, man, these girls, man, I, I, hey, I, my hat off to them, man. They they are putting – oh, now you now you go ahead and did it. Oh, no. Yes.
1: And Amani, and you know what? Guess how much we're getting paid. We're getting paid $15 a game, so you've got to give it to us. So it's all about heart for us. <laughs>
0: You're 100% correct. 100% correct. So that's why I, I I get I take my hat off to you guys. And you're doing it for the love. At least there's some people on the on the field doing it for love. The rest of them are doing it for the cash Yeah,
1: exactly. Last one for you, want because I know you got to get going. But, okay, this Cat McAfee, Aaron Rodgers, I just got to get – because you've been a player. You're also media, NBC. So – Do you think that, and you can say as much as you want, but Pat McAfee, you know, is friends with Aaron Rodgers. They build this relationship through golf. He brings them on. You know that Aaron doesn't go on a lot of shows. All of a sudden now, today, Pat McAfee says, I'm so glad that Aaron's not on our show anymore. Kind of feels a little bit like the ESPN kind of like, you know, tugged him a little bit. Like, you got to be careful about who you're having on. I mean, as a player, a former player, and now media, I mean, do you think that Pat McAfee was wrong to have him on, or do you think that he should have his buddies back, you know, throughout? Or does he listen to his executives because he's getting paid so much money? I mean, there's so many ways to go with this, but I want to get your opinion because you are, you know, media and a former player.
0: Well, I think once you step in the media field, you can't just rest on the fact that you're Aaron Rodgers. You're going to be judged up for what you say, not what, how, what you've done on the field. And mm-hmm. what he said is some, it's pretty ridiculous. Some of the things that he's saying, whether you, whether, you know, because you can't just get on TV and be a bro. you got to get on TV and yeah. be, uh, you know, and, and be able to withstand what you can dish out. I think Aaron Rogers gets on the, on TV and just thinks he can just say whatever, whatever he wants. Cause he's Aaron Rogers. Yeah. Nobody, nobody, most of the people that are watching you on TV, Either don't understand football, don't know how good you are, and really don't care. Now they're looking at what you are as as what they see, and it's not that impressive. Uh, Mm -hmm. Saying some of the things about the vaccines and all this stuff, he's not a doctor. You know what I mean? Like, if they want – if he was a doctor and had real – you know, because you watch Joe Rogan and you, you know, done some research on Google down down your own or or on YouTube or whatever, down your own (laughs) rabbit hole – I'm telling the stories that you want to hear and all of a sudden you're smarter than everybody. You're not. I mean, it's hard for a person who's so great at what, at one thing to -hmm. just be lumped in with everybody else. But, but, but that's what it is when you step off of the field and try to get into the world of the media. You're just who, what you say. And, and, and the ideas have to stand on their own. If your ideas can't stand on your own, nobody cares that you can throw mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, the ball as far as you've won so many Super Bowls and Pro Bowls and MVPs. Nobody cares. And mm-hmm. when you say ridiculous stuff, I mean, it's just ridiculous.
1: Right. And it's crazy because he
0: well, – go on, money. No, I was going to say what Pac McAfee should have said is, hey, look, man. Look, I understand you're going to be edgy. You're going to be all this. But there are some guardrails that we have to have. Yeah. It's a communication is what yes. always breaks down. You can't just be Aaron Rodgers because, you know, some people like you, some people hate you, but but you don't, and that's not a problem. But when nobody wants to hear you anymore, that's a problem. If I saw Aaron Rodgers on TV, I'd turn it off because I think he's a moron. That's just the way I think. And uh, he could think he's the smartest person in the world, and I respect him on the field, but as a person and his ideas, they Mm -hmm. just don't hold water.
1: Yeah. And you made a great point. It almost is like he's talking to his bro, having a beer, not realizing also that Imani, he, he said multiple times he would like to have a career in media after. I don't know if he even gets that chance out because of the stuff he has said. And we know how he holds grudges against Cal. You know, he holds grudges against the 49ers for not drafting him and drafting Alex Smith. He's going to hold a grudge against Pat McAfee. And again, I respect what he's done on the field, but as a person and someone who's interviewed him before, he's not a very nice person, you know? So it's, no, it's, it's not. crazy Crazy for you to say this as well.
0: Yeah, he's not a nice person. He's not a very a person mm-hmm. that thinks that he needs to abide by any type of decorum that most people do. And he yeah. might be on Breitbart or something like that. Maybe that'd be a great place for him. There's probably a media <laughs> thing for him. It's just not in mainstream. Just just go to Breitbart yeah. or, or whatever other one that you will spar right that, wing, you know, yeah. you know right. that'll mm-hmm. like what he's saying.
1: Yeah, right. Well, I'm glad we got to talk to you, Moni. I know you probably looks like you're parked now talking to us. So we so appreciate you. You always have such great insight. I love that you just you don't have a filter and you say what you're you know what you mean, and we love that. So thank you so much. And, and uh, we I look forward to speaking Aaron to Rogers you.
0: Now? What? Aaron Rodgers now? No,
1: we don't no. want to hear what he has to say. Well, I want to again. I've never been a fan of him, Moni. Again, on the field, of course, he can swing area guy people. too. Yeah, and I've always and I've interviewed him many times, Monty, and the minute he knew that I was covering the Niners at the time, he all of a sudden right went into it. Oh, you an Alex Smith fan? Like on air and I'm like, What? Like what are we why are you still bashing the forty yards from nine? You had success at Green Bay. It worked out great for you. Why do you care that the Niners didn't pick you over you know? And the way like he's intros, he won't say Cal Berkeley, right? He has to say Butte College. You know, he just he just holds a lot of
0: grudges. He's
2: and a just, bitter
1: man. Yes, he's bitter. He's very bitter. So
0: yeah, oh. it's really sad when there's a bitter, when somebody has all the success that he's had and he's bitter. That's just a yes. that's not a success for a happy. That's not a that's not a recipe for a happy no. life. No, no, it's no.
1: no, exactly. So, Imani, we appreciate you. We hope to see you soon. Uh, I don't know if we we'll at Super Bowl, we'll be there. But uh, thank you so much.
0: Thank much you. All right, you Amani. Down, later. Much. <laughs> respect.
1: fans check out our newest bomb made with white claw and spedka cherry limeade vodka we serve it ice cold alongside a can of white claw black cherry hard seltzer we call it the cherry limeade bomb let's go
0: without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running everything would suddenly stop hospitals factories schools and power plants they all depend on you